Hello, and welcome to the Soconomics Podcast, the home of football economics. My name is George Lyons, and every Friday I'll be joined by special guests from all areas of the footballing world, along with our own team of expert journalists from the Soconomics website, where we'll be delving into the economical, financial, business, and legal matters behind the beautiful game that we all love. If you're a fan of football and want to get to know more about what goes on behind the scenes of your club, or the impacts that football has on the economy, and vice versa, Continue listening and consider subscribing to us on YouTube and Spotify so you can stay up to date. If you're a football fanatic and weekly podcasts just aren't enough, head over to our website, soconomics.net, where you can find more in-depth articles on all the latest topics in football economics, written by myself and our brilliant team of journalists. On this week's inaugural episode, I was joined by the absolutely fantastic Dr. Mark Jean Casper, who is a member of the Soconomics team and is also a lawyer. Not only practicing, but he is also a lecturer of law at the University of Adelaide. Mark is an expert in contract law and has written some incredible pieces on contract law in not only football, but also in areas such as cryptocurrency. He really is a smart guy and a brilliant guy all round. So if you would like to check out his work, the links will be provided below. Mark is also a journalist for us at Soconomics, specialising in the legal matters behind football. You can read all his work on numerous topics on our website, soconomics.net such as the situation surrounding Wigan Athletic and the unfortunate circumstances they're experiencing at the moment. A very sad story, however, the article is absolutely fantastic. As Mark and I are both avid Liverpool fans, on today's podcast we decided to discuss Liverpool Football Club. After winning their first league title in 30 years convincingly, and winning the Champions League the season before that, with a transfer budget much smaller than their rivals, such as Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea, it's fair to say Liverpool are experiencing huge successes on and off the field, especially considering what state the club was in when owners Fernway Sports Group purchased the club 10 years ago. To celebrate a decade of ownership, Mark and I broke down the development and progress FSG made with the club, from recruitment to marketing and financial management, taking them from the brink of bankruptcy to the champions of Europe and the world. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. And if you want to show your appreciation, be sure to support us by clicking the like button and hitting subscribe. All right, let's get into it. What's up, guys? George Lance here, and welcome to the inaugural Soconomics podcast. And I'm joined today by the lovely Mark Jean Caspero. That's me. Hello, Hello Mark. George. Hello, George. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's pretty late. It's, it's like 10:30 p.m. It is on a Tuesday night. South Australian time for South our international South listeners. Yeah, they don't know where that is. And if you say oh. Adelaide, they still won't know where that is. So wherever Australia is, keep going down. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, if you hit ice, you've gone too far. That's it, that's it. Um, what? Well, for starters, Mark, um, who do you support? I support Grimsby. No, not really. <laughs> Big Liverpool fan. Why did you ask that? You knew that. Oh, because everyone. It's also because you're wearing the shirt. I am. I am. Look, this is um, one I stole many years ago, and it's yes. one of my favourites. It's a lovely kit. Um, it is. It to, is. Be, to be honest, I'm sort of probably one of the only Liverpool fans that said that New Balance are not our shirt sponsor anymore, because they were very unique kits. That's one thing that you like about a kit is that they're unique. Yeah, they were unique. But, but, but I'm. I'm I'm pretty happy that we've got the the new Nike deal because the green oh I like I don't know how many of you guys have seen the new Liverpool kit but it is beautiful like the green people are saying it looks like Colgate toothpaste but or candy canes no I like it no but nice no, it's, it's it's actually really really nice I'm I'm actually thinking I'm gonna get a Liverpool kit for the first time in like ten years so and they're so cheap they're only like two hundred dollars yeah but that's not why we're here Mark is it no no so. 
what we're doing on this podcast. If uh, if you guys are new here, basically with Soconomics, it's all about uh, the economics in football, um, whether that's business. Oh, geez. All right. Don't do that more often. Uh, so it's whether it's business uh, and... <laughs> Cameron's laughing. Thanks, Braden. Uh, so we got business, economics, law, or finance in football, basically. Yep. Um, covers a very broad range of things. Um, what we're going to be doing is like a, a weekly or bi-weekly podcast talking about a particular area or um, just a, a scenario in football, whether that's a current affair or something that goes on behind the scenes. Um, for example, like inflation in the transfer market which is something that has been quite ridiculous over the past five years wouldn't you say Mark? absolutely yeah so a lot coming up in the next coming weeks but we thought for our inaugural soconomics podcast we talk about something that we both love and something that obviously needs to be talked about and that is i actually can't remember oh dear all right (laughs) No, Pretty I'm just kidding. We know what we're talking. We know what we're talking about. No, we're talking about um, the economics underlying Liverpool's resurrection, and of course their magnificent title success. I am, of course, biased as are you, but let's put our bias aside. We need to talk figures, facts, and fun. Fantastic, fantastic. So, unless, uh, of course, you guys have been living under a rock, of course, Liverpool won their first title in 30 years. Um, first title that I've ever witnessed. Is it first title you've ever witnessed? I was scarcely alive when we last won the league. I have no memory of it. <laughs> scarcely whatsoever. alive. What, what do you mean you're on the edge? <laughs> I, I had not been on the earth very long when we last uh, right. won the league, so no, no recollection whatsoever. Right, so right. first for me. All right, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, obviously it's a a, a massive occasion, and mm. you, you saw the, the the fans all around the world celebrating and what it meant to the players as well obviously to win any title is a, a huge deal but yeah yeah could you say that the the Liverpool title is more special than others I mean obviously Leicester was one of the like, was a special one but this one meant a lot hey oh, look you're asking a Liverpool fan uh, speaking to a Liverpool fan <laughs> I know if no, you're yeah. not a Liverpool fan right now you are going to be thinking that this is the most biasing ever but it's not we're trying to take a real serious point of view you you have to look at the stakes i mean it would have been 30 years 30 years is a long long time to wait for a league title ask our poor friends over at uh, tottenham uh you know over at tottenham (laughs) they're not friends (laughs) but uh, the wait is the wait was excruciating it was awful and we put up with a lot of crap Along the way, you yeah, know, yeah. various successes in other competitions. That was the one that alluded us out. Bread and butter, as Bill Shankly called it, and we got it. So, yes, it meant a lot. Yeah. All right. That's good to know. That's good to know. Obviously, I was very happy as well. Um, but there's 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 one, obviously, a lot of people say it's Jurgen Klopp um, that, that was responsible for doing it, which, yeah. of course, he is. He's one of the best managers in, in the modern era. Um, obviously, up there with, like, Pep Guardiola. Could you say Hansi Flick right now? <laughs> it's a uh, bit early, isn't it? It's a fraction. Yeah, yeah look, no, no, I'm no, being no. honest. But promising, promising. Um, but yeah, it's it, obviously it was Jurgen Klopp and obviously his coaching skills. But mm. the key thing you've got to say is FSG, Fenway Sports Group, who yep. own yep. Liverpool Football Club. They've turned Liverpool around from, let's just say, like <laughs> I don't know how you'd say it. It's like if, if it was a person, you'd shoot it recently uh, no no dead serious dead serious <laughs> wow it was diseased it was dead mate 
It was. It was in serious it, drive. It was. It was, a, yeah, it was a, po- it a toxic was, acid. It was just awful. It was not a good time to be a Liverpool fan, was it? No, it was dreadful. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, yeah. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't a good time. But <sighs> out of the terrible situation that we're in. You look back, what has it been like 10 years now? Since 10 years, yep. Since yeah. FSG took over. And obviously they've turned the club around and now we're one of the biggest clubs in the world once again. Um, that's not that's not being big-headed or anything. Like Obviously winning the Champions League is a big mm. deal and winning the league and winning it quite convincingly is it's a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but what we want to do is try and start off and try and pick, pick out what they've actually done to change this team around to be such an amazing team Mm. Um, because it's not just one thing. Um, If it was just one thing, everyone would want to know what it is and implement that into their team so that Rotherham United can be the next Liverpool FC. Imagine that. Oh, Rotherham. That'd be lovely. Oh, that would be exceptional. And there's so many, to all of our friends in in Rotherham. Absolutely. Your friends. hoping it happens. Your friends. To all of George's friends. I was going to say. Mine de facto. Um, Yeah, no, I I hope it happens. Go Rotherham. Go Rotherham. The Millers. Paul Warren will get us there one day, by the way. 100%. Whoever that is, good luck. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we're slightly off course. Um, (laughs) But to kick us off, Mark, um, obviously you've done a bit of research and you know a fair bit about Fenway Sports Group. Um, Can you kick us off where it all started for Liverpool, um, where we were in the situation and where we ended up? Um, Do we have a couple of hours? (laughs) We have Uh, all the time in the world. Oh, wow. Um, Look, I think most people um, who are, uh, you know, well-versed with football would know that Liverpool 10 years ago was a completely different proposition to what it is now. We were obviously previously owned by um, two wonderful Americans um, in um, uh, Hicks and Gillette. Uh, So look, they came in with supposedly the best of intentions, but um, as any good, uh, you know, well-intentioned footballer (laughs) will tell you, looking from the outside in, it was anything but pleasant. Um, you know, they made a lot of promises. It was a, it was a difficult time for us financially and it became yeah. worse because they tried to, um, you know, rearrange finances to make it mm. all happen. Didn't work. Um, and obviously then the fans, as you know, with Liverpool are synonymous with the club, with the city, they own it. Um, these guys came in and almost asserted ownership of the club like it was a, an asset. And that is yeah. not what Liverpool is. Liverpool, yeah. you may well have control of it, but it is a family. Yeah. And that goes for a lot of football clubs. Um, yeah. Obviously, you see, unfortunately, with Newcastle United, what's been going on with mm. them. Uh, it, it, they've been having that happen to them probably longer than Liverpool, to be honest. Yeah. They've, they've been going on yeah. for it for a long time. And I, as much as I didn't want to see the Saudi Arabia takeover happen i did not want to see mike actually still in charge of newcastle united so newcastle fans we're, we're obviously feeling fear um but yeah continue um yeah well i mean it's a similar sort of um, issues you know there are obviously concerns about transfers concerns about promises of of um, investments which never came came to fruition so i think all of this was boiling up and then obviously then uh liverpool effectively had to go to the market yeah. um, again. And, uh, you know, people forget Liverpool was on the brink, really, of um, almost yeah. administration. <laughs> yeah, because what, what was it that the, um, Gillette and Hicks do? They basically, basically, they just took out loans and loans and loans, like leveraged the club to a, like, and leveraged on leverage. It was, yeah, yeah. Basically, leverage is when you finance using debt when you don't have the equity. Um, yep. For all those that don't know what leverage is. Yep. And it was, it got really bad. Like, how much debt do you reckon we were in? 
Oh, to be honest, it's it's difficult to recall exactly, but all I know is it was um, extraordinary to the point that a club of Liverpool stature was on the uh, literally on its knees, and um, uh, yeah, as a result, obviously the club effectively was forced to go uh, to sale again. And if we didn't have a buy, I think it was within some ludicrous amounts of time. Yeah, um, yeah, we were ended up we were going to end up in administration, copying the penalties that come with that. So that's mad. Imagine. Imagine us being relegated, or even worse, like liquidated. Yeah, that would have yeah. been that would have been a sad day in football. Like, oh, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. You you cannot liquidate. <laughs> it was Liverpool football club. It was a very real possibility. Like this was gonna, this could have happened. And at the time, this was obviously the GFC. So the, the likely yeah. the GFC, like um, I forgot what the GFC stands for. Global financial that's, crisis. That's the one. Like, I was gonna say, great financial crisis but that's the same it's basically <laughs> the same thing um Green it is bad it is bad that's that's the easy way to see it if you if you haven't seen the big short watch that they'll get you all over it um but yeah to find a likely suitable person to take over <laughs> wasn't very likely at the time so it wasn't a good time to be at liverpool no. um <laughs> but we didn't die something happened someone took over uh, yeah, yeah. There was a court case in the middle of all this. Don't yeah. forget. So uh, Hicks and Gillette tried desperately to hold on to Liverpool. There's a great book, actually, for those of you listening. Not an endorsement, um, but it is just a seriously good book by Brian one, Reed. Um, one, an epic swindle. One you prepared earlier. One I prepared. <laughs> earlier. Um, no, it's actually a great book, though. Really, from the heart, they consulted with a number of uh, former and at the time current players. Yeah. Um, but the story is incredible. They, they did everything in their power, these guys, to hang on to Liverpool, which was literally bleeding. Mm. It was literally, it was so close to going under because obviously the interest on these loans with this financial structure they put in place was crazy. We were never going to be able to service it. It was a, literally a toxic asset. If I was a prospective buyer, I would have gone anywhere near Liverpool. So yeah. thank the Lord, thank Lord, New England Sports Ventures, as they were then. Oh, is that what they were called? They were indeed. Came into the picture, um, led, of course, by John W. Henry, who famously owns the Boston Red Sox and yeah. a number of other franchises and interests, and said, yeah, we're interested. <laughs> Picked wow. us up off the ground, dusted us off, and said, I think we've got something to work with. And obviously, um, yeah, the court battle went ahead. Mm-hmm. And it was decided that uh, the sale would proceed. And that was literally the moment. A court case. <laughs> what a man. What a man. Love and that. Yeah, love so that. Uh, NESB came in, obviously, since renamed Fenway Sports Group. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Love that, love that. Um, I remember, cause I was only like, when was it? It was 2011. Was it 2010, 2011? Uh, two th- it was just... The- I think it was 2011. October yeah. 2011 was when it happened yeah it was yeah, it was yep. um i remember that i was only like what like 12 at the time i was pretty young um but yeah i remember they had their first press conference and what was it he was saying john w henry said that they had like four promises one of them was that they were going to break the curse because they had a habit of breaking curses yes yeah they did so at boston the red sox yeah of course it was like like 91 years or something like that that's since the Red Sox won a World Series. Is that what they call it? Yeah, in, uh, baseball. Oddly. Our American friends, they I call everything know. World something, you know, even though it's know. mainly a domestic comp. But yeah, that the World World Series champions for the yep. first time in a long time. Oh, can you hear the doorbell? 
Oh, is that what that is? I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known that was going to happen. That's okay. There's so always someone at this house. It's a pleasant tone. It is. It is. You should hear it. Um, we, no, we have like multiple different tones for it, but that one seems the most dawn, dawning, daunting. Was I it think? Fair Elise that I detected there? I think it might have been. I think it was, yeah. 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 I, Beethoven just gets you in the mood to talk about football. 100%. What a better time. Oh, my blood's rushing. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so obviously it broke a, a, a huge curse out at Boston Red Sox. Took inspiration out at um, Billy Bean's Oakland Athletics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, again, a really good film to watch to get around like what they actually achieve, uh, FSG at uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, and even a better story with Billy Bean at Oakland A's. Uh, check out the film Moneyball. Uh, if, you, if you've got Netflix, it's, it's something Fantastic like... Fantastic movie. One of my all-time favorite films. But yeah, watch that. It's an incredible film. It's got a Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill actually won like an Oscar or something like that for that. So Did he really? I think I think it was an Oscar, something like that. He deserved it. Great yeah, film. A great film, great film. But yeah, that's not the important thing. The important thing is that they used what's called Moneyball. Obviously, that, that, that word gets thrown around way too much. Mm-hmm. But that was initially the... What what happened in, it originated in baseball, and they believed that they could bring it to football. They wanted to expand into a new sport, and why not bring it to a sleep? I suppose a sleeping giant. You'd say that we are, yeah. well, not anymore. But yeah, well, we were at the time. I mean, yeah, like we I said, we time, were literally 100%. on our knees, and the performances on the pitch weren't great either. So I mean, yeah, we weren't Is all Stevie G. Yeah, yeah. Aside from one or two that, players who were literally holding us up. By yeah. the scruff of the neck, we didn't really have much going for us. So yeah, no. the, so there were doubts about Moneyball working, both in terms of helping this particular, yeah. you know, uh, well, trouble plagued team. Yeah. Um, but also the league. You know, the Premier League. You know, probably the most illustrious in the world. Um, well, in terms of prestige and you know, it's fast paced. It gets the best media coverage. Um, yeah. I was I was one of the people saying Moneyball doesn't work yeah. in the Premier League. And me, 12 years old, just thought that Stevie G was going to be there forever. I didn't really know what Moneyball was. I didn't really care, just as long as Stevie G still played for Liverpool. But Thank you, Stevie, if you're listening. <laughs> you know, I met him. I met him when I was like 14. Um, you met Steven Gerrard? Yeah, it was like... face to face. Face to face. saw him through a restaurant window. I, I shook his hand. Oh, uh, you did not. So, so my uncle works for, uh, works for the FA. He used to be a linesman. He actually lined what? Yeah, he actually lined the FA Cup final in 2005 between Man United and Arsenal. Uh, it was Wait, the worst on no. my birthday. On my birthday. No, is this one of those stories that just you know a soundbite to get people interested, or did this actually happen? No, no, no. This is one of the few interesting things about my life. This did not happen, really. Yeah, that's it. Why, why are you only telling me this now? I've known you since I was like a fetus. We haven't. You've known me for seven years. Whatever. Shut up. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so my uncle used to. Um, basically assess referees in the Premier yeah, right. League, the Championship, like whatever, all, all the way up and down uh, the league table. And uh, he had Liverpool versus West Brom at Anfield and he gets to sit in the director's box. So he gets to sit in the director's box, but he's he has to like dress up, suit and tie, all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, I used to uh, go to some of his games he'd go to. I so, I sometimes I watch like Scunthorpe United and all this, but I got to go to a Liverpool match. <laughs> Sorry, who was that? Did you just, did you just say Scunthorpe? Uh, yeah, Scunthorpe. Magnificent. Yeah. Shout out to our friends in Scunthorpe. We don't have any friends in Scunthorpe. But, um, okay. All right. But, I mean, no, if you're from Scunthorpe and you're watching, I'm willing to become your friend, I guess. Um, 
moving on <laughs> um yeah so yeah Liverpool versus West Brom yeah West Brom was our bogey team so yeah we lost have been. I've only ever watched Liverpool versus West Brom in Premier League and we've lost every single time <laughs> <laughs> so it's not been too good. But Steven Gerrard was injured that day and he was sat the row behind me with Lucas Lever. And at halftime, I turned around to them and I had a chat with them, asked for their autograph. CBG. I'm getting teary. CBG took the program and he <laughs> autographed he autographed a picture with Lucas Lever on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't I didn't know what to do with it. I was like in shell shock the fact that Steven Gerrard was talking to me and I was having an actual conversation with him. Being a proper fanboy, but inside as well, is heartbroken. I've still got, I've still got it. I'll, I'll try and find it for you next Please time. Please do. I'd love to see. Hundred percent. Oh, just love it, love it. Meanwhile, anyway, yeah. Meanwhile, at, oh, we're desk. going so many tangents right now. We, back we'll in the get news better. Desk, back in the news desk. Yep, we were talking about uh, FSG's yep. takeover, yep. Um, which was long, drawn out, painful, and uh, not just for Liverpool fans, for football fans, because it was annoying. No one knew what the hell was going to happen yep. with Liverpool. If you go into administration, currently the rules state if you cop a twelve-point penalty, automatically. Um, I believe that's EFL down, and it should also apply to Premier League. Obviously, that would have been pretty bad. Liverpool didn't have the best squad at the time. I'm confident still they wouldn't have been relegated. But, you know, anything happens in the Premier League. And yeah. Giants have fallen. Newcastle, yeah. Leeds, you know, it's Nottingham happened. Forest. Nottingham Forest. Derby no. County. Okay, yeah, we could go on forever. Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah. You go, yeah, well, if you go, yeah, you can't forget that. Oh, my you, God. You, can, you forget Sunderland, forget are, you know, Sunderland. still the only Premier League club to go an entire season winning every one of their home games. Admittedly, it was four less than Liverpool did this season with one draw. But... It's, a, it's it. an incredible feat. It is. So anyway, let's come back to there. Keep going. All right. Yeah. So, how did? Pretty much they. But obviously they had this um, idea and their like theory, I guess, yeah. beliefs that they could bring it to football and try and implement that and obviously turn this club around. Mm. But it didn't exactly go to plan to start no. off with, did it? Um, no way. No, like uh, obviously there was a lot of changes. We had uh, new sponsors come in. Obviously, got like no longer had Carlsberg as like the main sponsor, which was so iconic of Liverpool and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it felt like yep. there was a lot of changing, but not really a lot moving ahead. A lot of people don't understand that need patience, and that was something that they said, wasn't it? They said you need patience with us. Yeah, yeah. It's not you mentioned the four overnight. promises before. Um, yeah, yeah well, one of them was breaking the curse, but there were a couple of others too, weren't there? There were. Well, it was because there was four. But yeah, yeah. So that was sorry. So there were three more. I, I just remember the one. Quick that, maths. That one. Yeah. That was the only one you remembered. That was the only one I remember. Yeah. It was it. <laughs> oh come on! I was like twelve, mate. No, that's fair. To be to be honest, um, yeah, you can say four, you can say six, twelve. It doesn't matter. They did make a number of promises. Um, and I've got to be honest. At the time, I was genuinely unsure yep. exactly how much they were going to be able to pull off. Certainly in the short term. And I mean, in football terms, you know, a complete turnaround with a club in 10 years, incredible. Yeah. And oh, that, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. But, but they promised a lot. They promised to, you know, make the club uh, what it used to be, to improve its brands, to improve its name. Yeah. Once again, you know, make it one of the biggest clubs in the world. I think every new ownership promises that, to be fair. Yeah. But uh, they yeah, did it with a certain to... conviction because they literally said, this is what we do. We break curses. Yeah. And we build success. And I don't know. They had, there was something about the way they said it. Yeah. I was actually starting to think, mm, okay, I'm buying. I'm yeah, buying it. You're buying it. I just, I, I just, yeah. I was just a kid, mate. I, I just thought, oh, this, this could only be a good thing. But 
It was a good thing. Oh, of course. Yeah, we thing. had new owners. New owners brings new uh, belief, brings, you know, almost it was relief, really, once yeah. Hicks and Gillette got out. It was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. anything's better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what a what a squad to walk into as well. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was pretty bad. So, throw, take you back. It was about obviously about ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it got to about it was about well, it was October, wasn't it, when they took over? So this yep. was when Roy Hodgson was in charge. Yes, he was for a very brief amount of time. Liverpool were like in the relegation zone. Roy Hodgson said relegation is a real possibility, which is it's not the nicest thing to hear. Um, from a few club. other managers did too Roberto Di Matteo I think he was in charge of West Ham and he said it's actually increasingly becoming likely that Liverpool would go down yeah so not what you want to hear no and we had a well a well full of clutter at our club uh, mm. terrible signings signings old, old players that just needed to move yeah. on yeah young players that just didn't seem to have much potential I guess you could say like they were just stagnating yeah. because of the environment that the club was in so on and so on yeah um, so the first thing that obviously FSG had to do was try and clear out the right people. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. So what you could say like you can't Batten. build a new house unless you got a vacant block, right? Or uh, near enough. Didn't. Oh yeah, okay. The drum sound. Yep, I'm with you. We, we yeah. need. So we can't afford the sound effects yet. We'll, no, we'll no, I was we'll going to do there. it. We'll get there. We'll no, get a no, little no. Um, or a little. Just, I don't know. We'll get someone in, in the corner playing the drum. <laughs> 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 The cameraman's just laughing to himself in the background. Um, yeah, but we had to clear out some driftwood. So obviously yeah. players like, who do we have? We had like, uh, like Alberto Aquilani. We had Jovanovic, Christian Paulson. Yes, yep. Doni. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Doni was actually one of the people we recruited, you know, the backup goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Paul Koncheski. Paul Koncheski, yeah. But what on earth was he doing at Liverpool? Not, we just like, say we're no, not, no we're not pay, Yeah, no, we're not trying to say they're no, no, horrible we're, we're not slagging anything, off. But. We're not slagging them off or anything like that. It's just, but let's come on. They were not Liverpool standard. and uh, you know, But that's the pro- part of the problem was we lost our appeal. Liverpool wasn't a place to come. You know, It wasn't. They didn't want to come play for Liverpool anymore. I'm talking yeah. the best players in the world. Why would you? Why would you? Why we had no you? prospects of winning anything. Who are you looking at? I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm looking at my <laughs> desolate soul from yeah, 10 years ago. Desolate soul, man. <laughs> wearing a shirt, you know, a few before this one, thinking we're not going to win anything. Why yeah. would anyone come to us? So unless also, we, we spend had, massive money. We had terrible shirts back then as well. I did not oh, like yeah. the I did not like the first one. I thought it looked like a plastic bag. Apparently Steven Gerrard's favorite kit, but nah. Which one was that? Was that M- you, um it was not- the first one with standard chartered. It was still with Adidas. It was still with Adidas. Oh, gee. Oh, no, I, I, I don't need to. Oh, show yellow badges? Was it yellow badges? Yeah. Yellow yeah. riding? Yeah. I've, I've got the I think all. so. I, I think so. I don't know. They blend after yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, they, they, they did another thing. So, FSG obviously cleared out. They needed to bring in some new players. Yeah. Their philosophy was basically get a load of darts, throw whatever you can at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah. In a nutshell. That's pretty much. Pretty much. That's, that's, it was quantity over quality, which. But it, it had, had to be. be. It had to be at yeah. that time. It yeah, had it, it had to be at that time just because the squad was so depleted it needed a rebuild. Yep. A lot of changes needed to be made, but it was like sort of too much too quickly. And obviously when you're just holding a, a whole new squad together, the, mm. um, what's the word? Chemistry. Chemistry. For all those FIFA players. Probably um, one of my favorite words. Okay, cool. No one asked, but... Um, Everyone heard it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, obviously there's a lot. There was there was lack of chemistry in the team. Yeah, there was, and there was a lot of youth in the team all of a sudden. So, who was it who came into the first transfer window? It was like it was Ooh, like Jordan Henderson. It was like Jordan Henderson was one of them. Um, there was that spell where we brought in a lot of players like Stuart Downing and Ricky that, Lambers, and we, we brought in a lot of not at the same time. Yeah, no, yeah. not at the same time. But I'm saying we went with these little spells where we brought in lots of players, yeah. a lot of players, and look, g- good players. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but not like world beaters. Yeah. So there were two yeah. phases like that. I think the first one was with Roy Hodgson, if I'm not mistaken. No, so Roy was um, Roy was already manager before um, FSG came in, I believe, and when they came in in October, yep. I think he got sacked and they brought in Kenny Dalglish yes. as an yep. interim for the season to see, like try and steady this ship, try and obviously get yep. us to a, yeah, a yeah. reasonable position until they find someone who's right. I was at the bakery the night that Roy Hodgson was announced to have been sacked and I nearly choked on my pie. Really? True story. Cool, man. It was a shock. It was a, actually, it was a combination of shock and I, I'm really sorry, Roy, but it was almost <laughs> a bit of subtle relief as well. It was. It was. like Obviously, Roy's had he's had a great career and stuff, but it just well, wasn't working. It wasn't working. It wasn't that, good. Was, that was Liverpool at the time. Classic Liverpool. Yeah, like He did well at Fulham. Hell, let's throw him in at Liverpool, see yeah. what he can do. Yeah. It was not the right it fit. Wasn't, wasn't, it just didn't right. work. And look, the fans right. tried to warm to him. They gave him everything. Yeah, that a Liverpool Leon can do, but it just wasn't right. Yeah. Oh, well, this is what it is, isn't it? But yeah, obviously Kenny Dalglish was in there. That's a that's like one of the smartest moves. Yeah, very. That clever. FSG could have done. Yeah. Like, what better way to sign like spark off like your reign by bringing back a club legend who yep. has won the league title before? Has everyone has unconditional love for? You just can't get on the wrong side of and. That will help them understand that okay, this is going to be a process. It's going to yeah. take a while to get get going. Just be on our side. But not only did that happen, it obviously boosted the morale of the team. And oh, then, just, yeah. just like in the January transfer window, we got in Luis Suarez and Andy Carroll, just like that. Boom, boom, big stars. Yeah, one's slightly brighter than the other. Yeah, if yeah. you're talking in terms yeah. of stars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we we won't talk about obviously the Andy Carroll one, but it, at the time it felt yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, he's doing pretty good. He's young, it's got potential, but obviously it didn't go to plan. But you think 35 million now? It's not that. It's not that bad at the time. It was like, oh my god, like I nearly vomited. Yeah, but 20. What was it? 22 and a half million for Luis Suarez. What a steal. Yeah, oh, that's a bucket. Well, see, where did that money come from? Where did that money come from? Yeah. We sold a certain somebody and ended up coming into a bit of money. Oh, who did we sell? <laughs> we sold it. We sold a lot of players we that year. We sold a lot of players. We sold... Is it Chubby? Was it Chubby? Uh, Chubby Ch- had... Chubby Alonso. I think he'd already gone. Yeah. But Mascherano already Mascherano. gone. Um, um, who do we have? I don't. I can't remember. Fernando Torres. Fern- oh, oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> Oh my god! Fifty million, fifty mil pounds. That was the one. That was the one because we were just like, yeah, all right, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> there you go, Chelsea, fifty mil, and then we get Luis Suarez for less than half the price. That's all right, and twice and then, the damage. Twice oh, don't get me wrong, I loved Torres, and he oh, oh, on his day, unplayable. Him. No, on on his day, unplayable. Literally one of the best forwards we've ever had. So and then the game's ever had. So let's let's yeah. not. That's uh, like one of the f- throw mud. What, it was one of the few bright sparks of the Gillette Hicks reign, wasn't it? He, yeah. Like yeah, an yeah. actual Galactico, like 
Yeah, gun signing. Oh, but that's what I mean. They oh, were they were here play. and there. They were here and there. And yeah. a lot of the time it was because we sold someone to bring them in. So yeah. It was never any really dramatic or drastic no. expenditure. No. Ever. But this but this was exciting. It was a good way to start off because it was just mm. straight away, okay, we're serious about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight I mean, away. you're right. Kenny was there. He was at the helm. Everyone loves you know, him. He Kenny was, was there. Uh, you know, a father figure, really, at that yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. Results did improve a little bit, but obviously it's not where it, they wanted it to be. Obviously, yeah. it's a it's a working progress, but didn't get relegated. That's good. Finished top half, I think. <laughs> That's good. Um, we were happy with that back then. We, yeah, we were happy with that because, oh, my God. Was it like eighth or something the I'd, first I'd, season? I'd, I'd uh, don't know. I think under Kenny. But, I mean, look what he had to work with. You know, the ship was, you know, they were plugging holes as they were sailing. So Yeah, he did all right. He did all right. And then, obviously... More transfers came in, started to build up a bit of a, a team morale, and then they finally got the right person in, or the, who they thought they were the right person in, because they wanted realised that they wanted to play attacking football, who wanted yep. an identity that they could stick stick with and grow with, and that was Brendan Rodgers, wasn't it? It was Brendan, who yeah. had, of course, a stellar um, spell at Swansea. Yeah, did a yeah. wonderful job oh, at Swansea. Brilliant. Beautiful possession football. He's a brilliant coach. I don't know why people don't like him. No, it is. He's, he was a brilliant coach and a good guy. And you know, he he at the time ticked a few of the boxes. I would have thought to be got, um, got us going, didn't he? Yeah, to be Liverpool manager. He had the tactical now. Clearly, he was a nice guy, which is a big thing. So you know, that yeah. would resonate with the fans. Yeah, maybe Promoted. some other boxes weren't. Yeah, he just he ticked, just didn't he, he just didn't have a good way of getting the. The uh, the press on his side. I, I don't know yeah. what it is. It's, I think it's just because he's so sensible and he's just so sure of himself and doesn't give too much away. It's like yeah. he, he, the press doesn't like that. Like they love charisma or they love like a bit of like that Jose Science Mourinho or something like that. Yeah. Just like a character. And it's like, oh, this is like... Just know, vanilla. Just vanilla. Yeah, vanilla. Yeah, vanilla. <laughs> Sounds so bad, doesn't it? No, he's a, love, he's, he's a great manager. But... It goes going. He obviously got on the good side of the fans to start off with because we started getting yeah, results. Yeah, yeah, and we started playing really good football. Like it was, like it's more than rock and roll football. It was like do or die football, wasn't it? Really, it was like one end of the pitch back. It was, it was fast. It was keep the ball. It was. Um, uh, he changed formation too. He went to a four-two-three-one, um, and then changed it around a bit when obviously Sturridge and Suarez yeah. settled in. Yeah, then we went back to I think it was four-three-three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really beautiful to watch, and it was like this is Liverpool of old. So he got he got it. He got what Liverpool is. Liverpool is mm. fast, fluid, beautiful. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's the football we play. It's yeah. exciting. I, I just loved it because there was lots of goals, and we usually won. Like actually, we didn't normally win games, but we it was just it, like, oh, we scored <laughs> so many goals. I remember I, I remember watching a Nor- uh, I think it was like Liverpool versus Norwich in the thirteen fourteen campaign. I think we were like. 2-0 down in like 15 minutes yeah. and I was still confident we were going to win and we did I think we won like 5-3 and it was just like <laughs> yeah easy like you knew you just knew that we were going to concede a couple of goals yeah but we were going to con- we were going to score like 3-4-5 oh, yeah, every yeah. game every game but you knew yeah you knew we'd let some in that was the thing you know I think Swansea we beat them like 5-3 over there I, mm. you knew it was going to happen you knew we'd score a lot but we'd let a lot in yeah and, and obviously it- that was not that's not a sustainable way. No, it's not to keep playing, and it, it came back to biters, and unfortunately, things started to go wrong for yeah, Brendan Rodgers, Liverpool, didn't it? I mean, star players aren't going to stick around. Luis Suarez wasn't going to stick around. So obviously, everyone's saying about when he was biting. 
yeah. uh, with the bite that that was the reason why he left. No, he was going to go anyway. Like he, he, oh, was, he was clearly miserable. He was, yeah, he wanted, I mean, like when you got Barcelona knock on the door and you're a South American footballer, like you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was always going to happen. Fortunately, we had some bright spots coming in through the team. So obviously like Raheem Sterling and Felipe Coutinho. Yeah. 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 So it, like it was right to do it to just try and keep it going, try and make some money to re- make some room for one more, because that is obviously what we believed in is living within our means as FSG. It's so, living within means. Let me ask you something, George. Go on, Mark. Mr. Lyons. Yes, Mark. Um, Sir Lyons. Sounded like no. Sir Lyons. Um, Brendan Rogers. In FSG's eyes, what was wrong with him then? Because obviously, this is, we're talking about Liverpool's story. We're talking about the economics, so the decisions underlying the actions. Why did they get rid of Brendan Rogers in the end? Well, obviously, for starters, was results. It just like it was so volatile. It was volatile. It was volatile being Liverpool back then because you just went from what was it the season before we finished second? It was it was like sixth or seventh anyway, or fifth. The season before, yeah, we this, finished this, the twelve thirteen season that he came in halfway through. Ah, oh, yes, yep, yep, yeah, right. So we did we we did all right. We were do, we were playing pretty good. Yeah, then that, we're okay. Then that thirteen fourteen season, we peaked and. It's so sad that we didn't win the league, but it was it unexpected. Happens. Though it was literally unexpected. Yeah, we weren't. Yeah, we weren't expected to win the league. No. Like, at all. I didn't. I wasn't expecting us to win the league, and it just started happening. All right. But then the next season, it just like we regressed. We, yeah, we completely regressed. We ended up finishing like again seven, eight. Yeah, no good. The belief was gone, and you could tell that he was a frustrated figure because he couldn't get much more out of the team. Like again, this is a manager that. Like he's he he could get a lot of out of his players because they were always up against it, yeah. sort of thing. But because they've just had that massive high, it's hard to try and keep them going again. You're right. You need someone You're to right. keep them going. You need someone to keep them motivated. You need someone with a plan that's that you can buy into, not this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're gonna, basically what we're going to try and do is score more goals. But yeah, when you've yeah. got an attacking line of was it Mario Balotelli, Fabio Barini, and Ricky Lambert, like you're not going to score heaps of goals, not. Not in Europe. You're not going to win yeah. anything, are you? No. And again, with all respect to them. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. But with all respect, it, it, what, it, what, it was going. You said backwards. it before. Chemistry. You said it before. There was yeah. no chemistry there. It was a very. It was a bit of a hodgepodge of a team. And uh, the yeah. other thing is, um, Stevie G. He wasn't getting any younger at the time. Yeah. I think uh, you might remember that season. Uh, Stevie was sort of um, his, his role in the team was adapted. He became sort of this deep lying yeah. defensive yeah. midfielder. Yeah. Right in front of the back four, unheard of. But it worked. It worked a treat at first. And then they, they caught him out. Okay, so other teams called it. I think with all respect to Brendan, he had no plan B. Because the minute they figured out what Stevie's role in that team was, and he what? He was the pivot, the distributor. Yeah. yeah. You know, now we do it from out wide, we'll get to that. But yeah. at the time he was the sprinkler head that yeah. used to be the distributor yeah, was, and the Yeah. Once he was out of the game, Liverpool were done. Yeah, we were. And that's the truth. It was true, and it was we were running out of ideas. Yeah, and finally, I guess the the last thing was it was it was lack of, like I said, he, you say he's vanilla. He's not vanilla. He's just like that's just who he is. But you want someone yeah. who's passionate, charismatic, someone who can turn the press conference and make a bad situation seem good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, f- like seem exciting and. You know, like what? Are you, what are you doing with Liverpool? The other We're thing Liverpool. is, he, he also said some silly things. Like, yeah, he. Did, you remember in the in the media, and this is part of the reason he got beat up so much by the press. He would say things which almost excused poor performances. 
you know, you remember the classic phrase, we show great character. Yeah. I think he famously used that after a draw with Everton. And of course, for all Liverpool fans, that was, you know, you might as well just slap them in the face with a wet salmon. And that mm. that is not what you say <laughs> after drawing to our arch rivals. No. I, we could have even lost. I can't remember. No, we haven't, we haven't lost nah. to them for a long time. Touch, actually don't need to touch wood. But... Seriously, um, it was it was wrong. A little dig at Everton fans there. Yeah, Thanks. sorry, I've got a few Everton friends and rallies, so my my apologies. You're doing a good job, man. I love. Look, they're our neighbours, our friendly neighbours. We. I like Everton. I don't hate Everton. I don't hate Everton. Yeah. I hate um other teams, but I'm not going to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, pretty much. So obviously, they let Brendan Rodgers go for this reason. Yeah. It felt like he'd run his course sort of thing fortunately at that time who was available who was available me <laughs> we're not talking about your your sex life all right i was talking oh, look, i haven't done my badges but i would have done it if they'd asked yeah. me i would have done it okay well they weren't going to were they um but who else was available that, w- that w- they could do the job someone who i don't know i've lost interest okay well it's jürgen klopp mate <gasps> jürgen klopp yeah gas. charismatic german G- Mate, he is Mr. Liverpool. Mr. Liverpool. I'm a Dor- I love Dortmund. Dortmund is my German team. So I was familiar with him. Were you? Of course I was. Great. So everyone was happy. Yeah. I was so upset. I was happy. I was so upset when Dortmund didn't win the Champions League. Like, oh man. Oh, I think everyone was going for Dortmund, to be fair. Yeah, everyone was. Everyone was. But yeah, he was on holiday. So Klopp had left. He'd left the Bundesliga. He was supposedly yeah. on, a, on a break, on a hiatus yeah, yeah. from football. Understandably. Ended it early to come and have a chat. Kenny was told it was, you know, obviously the end of the transition period. Someone new is coming in. Yeah. Jürgen Norbert Klopp. Is that his middle name? His real middle name is Norbert. Norbert. Yeah, I don't even have to look it up. I know. It's Norbert. I love that. It's good, isn't it? There's just nothing, the, there's nothing to, to hate about the man. Like, everything know, about him is just hilarious or just, like, likeable. I know. Yeah. His middle name, it sounds like... Norbert. Yeah, it's just um, great. But yeah, like, like it. You, <laughs> but yeah. Um, can you Google that, by the way? I'm just talking at the camera guy. Yeah, oh, he can Google whatever you want. But Jurgen Klopp, he obviously has traits that are quite unique. Yeah. In terms of a manager, you'd say uh, quite a modern way. Yeah. What he does is he gets people on his side. He gets people to buy into what he's doing, and he gets people excited about his like not only what he's doing, but the whole project as a whole, right? That that sounds like something that Liverpool needed at that time. They oh, need, hell yeah. They needed someone to be like, hey, stop being a doubter, stop being a believer, which is what he said, isn't it, when he was in his first press, yep. press I conference. Remember, I remember that, clear as day, his 100%. first press It was beautiful. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant signing from um, FSG. Like, they just pinpointed, look, we can't just get just anyone, we need the right man. As soon as they found out he was available, Brendan, I'm sorry, Gonna have to go. Jürgen, we need you right now. How good? How good is that? Like that's so efficient, so efficient from them. And they did, they did it straight away. Obviously, they they managed to get him. To, he brought him into it. Did, weren't like Real Madrid or someone trying to get him at the time as well? Real Madrid. It's rumored um, our friends down the M6, Manchester United, were supposedly interested in, were in poaching him. Yeah, yeah. I read recently that apparently uh, he was approached. And yeah. that he actually met, um, obviously, with the ownership of Manchester yeah. United. And then he said he was uh, not impressed. He didn't yeah. like their vision. Fair this enough. Is, this is hearsay. But yeah, hearsay. 
but yeah. it wasn't it was reported in the media um so but liverpool i mean he said it himself in the press mm. conference he said it felt like a good fit because yeah. look at the clubs he's he's managed in the past you know i think it was mains and um mines uh, mines whatever come on oh, it's the mic um dortmund's uncultured oh shut up dortmund's of course um and then you know these are clubs which are extraordinarily connected with their fans oh, yeah zest yeah, yeah. life Love it. I it love, is what they Dortmund. do, you know? It's not just something for the weekend. It's their life, you know? I mean, you've been to Liverpool. I've been to Liverpool. It's all they talk about. It's football. It's football. That's it's, their life. Yeah. You're, red, you're either red or a blue nose. Isn't it? Yeah. Liverpool's the same. So yeah. I, I have no doubt this felt like a good fit for him culturally. Yeah. But there was more. But it was, yeah, obviously there was more to it. So yeah, he's obviously a very charismatic person, Jurgen Klopp. And yeah. he get he he got he gets it. And that's what FSG knew. They knew they needed someone to get the fans, to get the city, to get the club. Yeah. And just understand and show and show that same and like love for the club, essentially. Just like, because you can imagine like all those Liverpool fans. If you were a coach and you were a Liverpool fan, right. if, 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 uh, or a coach, if you're a fan of any football club that you manage, you're gonna do yeah. you're gonna do everything it takes. You're gonna be so like, I don't know what the word is, passionate. Yeah, of course. You? You're, you're invested. You got an yeah, emotional yeah. investment. Yeah, yeah, it's an emotional investment as well as it being your job. You don't want it to be a job. You want it. You want to enjoy it. You want to succeed in it. That was him. He was so driven. He said in his first press conference, "What was it? In the first was it four years or five years?" He said, "I'm confident within four years we'll have won at least one title." There you go. And he and he said it's going to take time. He's putting it out there, but he did things like uh, didn't he walk around the city? Did he he did, yeah. He said he wanted to get a, a feel for the city, so he walked around into the, all the pubs, um, just having yeah. a pint, getting used to the culture and the yeah. people. And he had conversations with just people on the street. Yeah, that's the sort of guy he was, though. He and that was the moment. Like none of this was really publicized much. No, like I didn't know anything about this later. Yes, it was picked up later, but he did all this because he wanted to. It was yeah. not for the cameras. No. It was because he wanted to. He wanted to get people on his side. He wanted to know about the culture of Liverpool, yeah. what it what it means to be Liverpool. And I love that. I love that. Cause days, days, all good, all good managers, whether that's in football or in a, a business, they want to. They need to get the people. They need to get people on their side, and they need to buy into what they're doing. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. And I, yeah. I swear to God, George, that press conference, I believed every word he said. I actually believed this was the guy who was going to. I didn't know if we were going to win the league. To be fair, but. I believe we win something. I, did, I mean, I didn't believe that we were going to win the league. Oh, I'm we being honest. I'm being honest. I didn't. I thought this. You know, this is just the next guy who's going to come in and try um, to clean up a, a mess which has just laid, you know, dormant for thirty years, yeah. festering. Uh, yeah. But you know, he had a good vision. He yeah. came in and he and he said all the right things. Yeah, he that's, said that's all important the right thing, things. isn't it? He, he got us excited. He got us excited. He definitely got us on our side, and we were like, yeah, yeah this, this is. This is good. He like, this can speaking, only be a good thing. He wasn't speaking to the press. He was speaking to us. Yeah, he was speaking, he was speaking to the fans. Love said, that. Just give me time. Yeah. You say yourself, give yeah. me time. And what did he do on his first day at the club? He did um with the with the staff that which really was oh yeah quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was the arrangement, wasn't it, of the um uh the facility? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, was it the very first day? I know. It was I'm, so, I'm pretty sure it was yeah, the it was first day. Like he, of course, it would be, wouldn't it, was it? Pretty much when he arrived. But yeah. yeah, so he had this thing where he was struck by the facility where they eat. Mm. Um, so as in the players, where the players and staff eat and uh, mingle and do all their all, all, all their other tasks. Um, yeah. But he was actually shocked at the fact that the players sort of ate in their own little area. 
Yeah. And the staff and whatnot did their own thing in a yeah. different area. And he said, why aren't we all together? Yeah. And so he actually encouraged um, the players actively to talk to the staff and vice versa and eat together and, you know, share stories together and yeah. talk and greet one another. And not that they didn't, you know, they were always yeah. friendly and they yeah. wave, and they, you know, but he said, no, 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 we are all one family. We are all on the same team here. And it doesn't matter if you're the janitor through to the general manager, you deserve a spot at the same table as the players. I just think that's amazing. That's incredible. Those little, little one percenters. Little gesture. Yeah, it's a little gesture. But yeah. he had a lot of those little gestures. Oh yeah, like what he knows he, he knows everyone's name. You see the whenever you see him like those little videos of him going into the club, he hugs everyone. Yeah. He's like, oh, hello, <laughs> first name basis. Da, 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 da. Talk about the hugs. Hey, Karen. George. Talk about the hugs. He loves a hug. He loves a. He's a hugger. Loves a hug. He's a hugger. He is a hugger. How many managers are there? Are proper huggers? And I don't mean you yeah. know when the player gets subbed yeah. off. No, 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 no. He's a full-time hugger. Yeah, he is. He is. I love it. He is. Every time you think about Jurgen Klopp hugging, I just think of that last-minute winner against Everton. He runs onto the pitch to Allison, and he hugs. And he hugs him. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the best thing. That 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 is my manager. But there's another one percenter. He embraces, in every sense of the word, his players. Hundred percent. Anyone that works with him, he celebrates victories with everyone around him. You know, he yeah. hugs all of his staff when we score a goal. Yeah. One percenters. One percenters. And he he doesn't care. I mean, obviously. Ability in a player is important to him, but it's not. It's it's the person as well, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm sure that it's probably the case with a lot of clubs. Like, you don't want bad negative energy in a club, or you don't want someone no. with an ego to come into the no. club. But obviously, there are players like that, and it's big in football because if you're good at football, like you think you're a big deal, right? Um, but uh, what was it like when he signed? Was it Genoa and was it when we signed Ginny Wijnaldum and he invited him over to his house? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What did he do? Like, he just like... Well, he thought it was to talk about um, football and yeah. his, his goals and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, Ginny said, I'm pretty sure it was in an interview, he said the very first thing I asked him was, so, you know, where would you like to vacation if you had the chance? <laughs> asked him about his favorite foods. And he said, I was so confused the whole night he did not talk about football. Yeah. He didn't want to. He mm. wanted to get to know his player. Yeah. Yeah. I Incredible! Thought, that is hey. amazing. Imagine having a job interview like that. Like, <laughs> instead of saying, "So why do you want job? this job?" Just be like, "So what do you do in your spare time?" You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, that, a job at a bank." So what's be, your favorite beach? If you were a color, what would you be? But, <laughs> I could, but I could imagine him doing that. I can actually imagine it, 100%. and I can imagine it working because Ginny would have gone home going, "What the." F- you know, was, yeah. that, was that was I bad? Did I did you just yeah, not want me? Have I done something wrong? You haven't done anything wrong, mate. He's just humanizing. You did, did everything right, Genie. That relationship, you know, yeah, stick around if you can, stick, please. Yeah, but he he humanized that relationship. Not many managers can do that. Again, a one percenter. And it's getting, um, you know, gaining the respect of his players without compromising on his strength of character. Yeah, that's yeah. so rare. So like, rare. They play for him. He loves them. He adores yeah. them. Yeah. But if he yells at them, they listen. <laughs> and oh, you've seen it. He's scared. He's a scary man. Yeah. Like when he's angry, when he's angry like it, yeah, he he looks like um, I don't I don't I don't know what it is. Like I swear, when I was a kid, I had nightmares of someone that looks like him. Like <laughs> he looks like oh, what is it? Oh, have you ever seen um <laughs> oh the Matrix? Yes. Yeah. yeah for some that. reason, do you know there's like um there's like. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> like that, that guy. Like, he sort of looks like that in a way, but like with, he- with, with better hair. And it's German he instead of like American. So he's the German version. So, of sort of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Matrix. Or um, if you ever played Crash Bandicoot, you know, if you. 
Have you ever played yes. um, the Mars? Wrath, Wrath of Cortex. Oh, no. Do you know those little mad scientists? For some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know why that yeah. just popped into my head, but for some yeah. reason, I think he looks like that. It terrifies me. Like they used to terrify me as a kid. I don't know why. Like they're so easy. You just slide tackle them, <laughs> two foot them, out of there. That is the most bizarre it's comparison bizarre. I've ever heard <laughs> yeah, in my didn't entire didn't... career. And I've been doing this for a day now. Okay. So experience. Let's come back to yeah. Let's get back because from here the story gets interesting. And you're probably thinking by now why haven't we really said much about economics and we have, yeah, we yeah, have. we have. That's the thing. Economics. I mean, you're the expert. Tell us what. What exactly is economics? Ultimately, what do, I, what do you want the the like Wikipedia? No, don't give me the Wikipedia. No. Don't give us the Wikipedia. What no, is like, economics? We're talking so far. We've talked economics. What is yeah, economics? It's it's basically making the most out of your finite resources to maximize the output. Yeah. The results. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so that's what we've been talking about. Even though it doesn't sound like it. So if you thought this was all numbers, I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> there might yeah. be some numbers when we talk oh, the, about there will be some numbers. Yeah, the season to come but okay a few more one percenters following Jürgen's appointment yeah um, which we've just heard about what okay so what happened from there because I think we, we do need to say something about his philosophy he came in with a vision for Liverpool mm. what he thought they should do yeah how he thought they should play and what he felt was our most realistic and reasonable targets yeah so why don't we go right back to the point where he started signing players because this is where FSG's influence, and look, they have come out actually publicly, or not FSG, but many commentators have come out. In fact, I've got some reports here saying, no, it wasn't Moneyball. It was just, you know, they did well with recruitment. Hmm. I kind of think the two sometimes can go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. the expert. Well, yeah, the... it's, it's hard to define what a good transfer is. Like that Moneyball... The mm. idea with Moneyball is it's not to get players on the cheap. It's to get players that are undervalued. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, and I'm sure that like they've heard this all before, but like, what's undervalued? Like, mm. people, when we signed, like, it's, it's undervalued. Like, you get someone for 10, 10 million pounds? Like, no, no, that's not getting someone on the cheap. It's getting someone undervalued is someone like that Virgil van Dijk. Like, at the time, 75 million pounds was like, like whoa what hold on a minute what are you doing but no like he's 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 won as the champions league the premier league he's been basically like our best player since he's been at liverpool like he's incredible like he's a role he's like they say all the time he's a rolls royce defender so calm he brings solidity to what has been a very shaky liverpool defense up until he came in because like times it's 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 resembled cling film yeah, and it, br- it brings in confidence to the rest yeah. of the team because as soon as the defense is shored up, then that gives more license to, uh, obviously, um, our wing-backs, which is what our attack is mainly based on, to have more license to go forward. Our central midfielders have a, have less to worry about, that sort yeah. of stuff. So yeah, yeah. in terms of what undervalued is, like Virgil van Dijk at £75 million, absolute steal. Like, he'd go for double that now. Like oh not, yeah. He, like in today's market, you can imagine, like especially with Ronald Koeman now being the Barcelona manager, if he could if he could sign absolutely anyone, it'd be him or Delict. Like it just would be because their defense is shocking right now. Like yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. PK is not getting any younger. 
Nelson Semedo, all these players well, are like real young. They're in that phase, aren't they? They're transition in that phase. phase where they're getting, they're, they are getting older. Um, yeah, and, and then he's a, a dramatic change. So what better than a player that you know, which is obviously yeah, that Van, Van Dijk, right. that sort of stuff. But you know, they're not going to get him on the cheap. They're going to get him for Why what he's actually you? worth. And they'll pay a premium as well because Liverpool aren't getting rid of anyone. They're, no, that's right. Well, that's, that's, a, that's another change, isn't it? I mean, yeah. back in the day, you'd understand that Luis Suarez wanting to leave, Philly Coutinho wanting to leave. Yeah. Now... You know, you have to give them a reason not to stay. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a bit. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but start with the, in terms of recruitment. Like we said, what is a good transfer? Because um, yeah, what is a good transfer, Mark? What, what, what do you what What would you what, would, what would be the normal way to say? Oh, what's a good transfer? Um, what would be the normal response to that? We've talked about this yeah. before. Um, and I think we sort of agreed at one point that there were probably, what, th- three basic... There's, there's three basic indicators. Criteria. Yeah, uh, yeah, for, yeah. To, to, to quantify a player's um, efficacy, yeah. um, you, you know, I, I don't really like the dichotomy of good and bad. But yeah, yeah. if you had to weigh up players, so the three things, you've got obviously their um, actual value, so what their market yeah. value is. Yeah. Um, you've got the value that they uh, or the um, appreciative potential, for lack of a better term. So, in other words, the value they could have, you know, with a little bit of um, uh, development and yep. training. Yep. And then you've got, um, I can't remember the third one we said. <laughs> Do you remember it? <laughs> I, I, I can say them in a, in, a, in, a, in a less complex way. So, obviously, you've got those players that you, that you sign and do, carry on to be a team player like a first team player yep so yep. someone that you expect them to grow yeah, into unknown quantity yeah. yeah so at first it was someone with potential who has eventually filled that potential and increased in value someone that you've eventually sold on at a profit so yeah they're, so they're a pre- yeah they're appreciative so they've appreci- value they've like appreciate yeah, yeah they're prospective value let's call it that yeah um oh and of course you know they're actual um uh, their market value. They're, yeah, well, no, we've sort of covered market more. Their their actual skill as a player. So in oh, other words, yeah. they've got their value, they've got their expected value, and they've got you know how good are they actually to the human eye? Yeah, you know how do we perceive them to be? Are they yeah. actually a good player? Yeah, I mean, I think, we, we, so most people focus on that. Yeah, I mean, we're no stats analysts, we're no tifo, <laughs> um, but but that's Thank that's you. what we sort of like sort of sort of put together and. Yeah. There's a lot of signings that tick those boxes in sort of a way. So, obviously, the it's ones example. that we... Give us an example. Well, let's get, let's get some classic examples. Um, like we said, Van, Van Dyke, that's, yep. that's one that's had a potential to grow and their market value has grown, but he has actually grown to help the team. He's, actually, he's improved yeah, the team. Yeah, but see, I looked at him and I was like, shit, how much were we paying? Was it seven, 75, 75 I million. I think. A lot of money. And yeah, I looked at that and I said, yeah, good player. So, let's go to that third category. Yeah. He appears to be a good, like a solid player, but mm. I mean, with all due respect to Southampton, I'm thinking it's Southampton or you know Liverpool reserves. What do, what do you mean? We are Southampton. Liverhampton. I was going to say you can't you can't throw shade at Southampton. No, no, I'm not throwing shade at them. But what I mean is, I thought I saw a player who I yeah. thought, yeah, he's he's good. Is yeah. he going to do the same thing at, at Liverpool? Yeah. But, but that's it, the that's the bracket I focused on. Yeah. I did not think about what you're probably going to mention now. Yeah. That's his capacity to become a phenomenal defender 100 percent, yeah see i undervalued that yeah yeah that's that's the thing like there was there was so much more aim for potential because he was coming into a better team and he had more responsibility all that sort of stuff and like someone saying i i completely believe in your ability go out and do it then yeah sometimes a manager or just a change in the scenery can do that 
Um, you see that all the time with players. But in that, in that same... price too. There's a lot of hype. Oh, there was. Price. Yeah, yeah. So so much stick. And at the time, I, like, it, well, everyone was like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. But so glad. So glad that he did because it instantly oh. improved us. Like, instantly yeah. improved now us. Now it seems like a bargain. Uh, yeah. that, that, the other thing is, you know, again, I think the money ball started when Coutinho left. Because I think we probably should have even started yeah. there. Oh, go probably, on. Yeah. Oh, it was probably the first major exit from Liverpool. Um, Raheem Sterling. Uh, yeah, okay. We got Lesbian. I think we got Luis 50 Suarez. Uh, Luis well, Suarez. That was even further back. But yeah. I'm talking sort of around the time that obviously we had, um, you know, Jürgen coming into the frame. Yeah. Okay, Sterling, we got 50 mil. Suarez, I kind of remember what they paid in the end. It was something crazy. Um, it was a lot. Uh, I, don't but think, I don't think it was quite hundred. I don't think it was. I think it was like. Was it like eighty something? Something like that. Yeah, because yeah. he had like one or two years left on his contract, something like that. Yeah, he know. had a couple, but I mean, Coutinho was the one though. Coutinho, I, that sale broke my heart. Okay. And yeah. most Liverpool fans, I think. Yeah, I was so upset. Yeah, okay. Because he was so, so was excited. Like, yeah, he to was. Watch. He was great. And I thought, shit, there goes our only ever chance of possibly winning something. Like as in one of our most creative players. Yeah. Just so, when we were going somewhere. Yeah, we look to be getting, you know, we're yeah. catching up to Man City, who, you know, obviously were established well, 10 years ago. And I thought, mm. here we go. Like, they're going to, we're going to catch them. Yeah. I'm sorry, don't have a go at me, yeah. City fans. It's just yeah. a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, like, what What the hell? I, I thought, what was, how are we going to get back to where we were? Yeah. We just sold our best player. Yeah. But that ended up being the best thing that could have happened, wasn't it? Because this is Moneyball. What was it like? Yeah, it's, it's Moneyball. It's. It, so we signed Felipe Coutinho from yep. Inter Milan in 2012. It's like 7 million. It was, it was something eight, ridiculous. It was 8.5 mil. 8.5 million. 8.5 million that pounds. ridiculous. Almost won the league. Became a much better player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Became a much better player. Grew in value. Uh, and then we sold him for what? 140 something million? Pretty much 150. 150 that's mad it's astonishing that is like that's stonks right. that's a great that is great <laughs> stonks right stonks. there I love yes that. i find oh, no, no, I yes that. i knew i'd get that, that. In, i can't believe you actually got I that i knew i'd get podcast. that in this i can't in this believe podcast. you did it I've, <laughs> i'm actually but, speechless I'm, but, I'm, I'm done but I'm, back, I'm done getting back to the point <laughs> oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. i was leaving don't leave me why would i do don't leave me don't be silly you don't you don't get the reference to you oh well i got it can you get on with it? Boomers. Um, oh, no, all right. No, 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 take a seat, man. Um, yeah, so obviously, so we basically turned 8.5 million into 150 yep. million. With yes. that 150 million, we reinvested into two players. Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, 75 mil. And Alison Becker, some 68, 67 mil. Yeah, something crazy. I think at the time it was the most expensive keeper than Chelsea bought Kepper. And I bet they're happy with that. So, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, but there My you go. Money ball. It was literally Alisson and Van Dyke for yeah. Coutinho. Yep. And uh, just short up, I've every doubt of defense. And uh, we already had a, a, a an amazing front line. And it actually kind of worked because it freed up Jurgen Klopp's idea of the workmanship midfields. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. A fluid front three. So it actually worked out really good. Like, and that's that's a good thing with Jurgen Klopp. He can like change, change yeah. absolutely like everything. He can change his front line, and absolutely all that. 
And, I, love I mean, don't forget in came Mano as well. So Mano came from Southampton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're making me laugh, George. Oh, sorry, it's just funny. I oh, know, it's it's just oh, it's just friendship. Um no, so Mane Mane I think. Yeah. It's, it could be the air. It could be. Could be. Um, Carry on. Mane. Mane came in from Southampton. I thought, okay, another player from Southampton. Yeah. Um, but a again, a bit, again, great player. Now, I remember when he was signed, I think it was, was it like 25 mil, 30, something? 36. Oh, I, I want to okay, say 36. I want to say 36 mil. Okay, I'm off. Uh, but I remember thinking, God damn, that is a lot of money. And yes, he's good, but is he 35 million? I underestimated both inflation in the market, which was clearly happening. Yeah. Um, but also what Jurgen saw in him. Yeah. And yeah. Th- now I can see it. Now I can see it clear as day. You're probably going to talk about this, but Klopp, he knows who he wants. He goes yeah. after them, uh, but he sees something. This is again coming back to economics, not just performance stats, but potential. Yeah. He sees. Stop making me laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Go on. Go on. No, that was it. I was passing to you. Oh yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. He sees potential. Uh, he he basically what he does. He he. I, analyzes the the person as well like um obviously he saw that Mo Salah was someone that needed that confidence and needed yep. just that free reign the same with same with um Sadio but uh, I think the most influential one was no doubt obviously Jordan Henderson yeah. and yeah, Roberto yeah. Firmino oh absolutely I Roberto mean, Firmino like when we signed him uh, he was one of my favorite players like in the world at the time when he was at Hoffenheim final, uh, Hoffenheim Hoffenheim, final, yeah. Yeah. Hoffenheim yeah. he was brilliant at Hoffenheim and I was so happy when we signed him like yeah. it was such a yeah, shock yeah. it was a shock to Jurgen Klopp when, when we signed him because he was still at Dortmund and he was like that's a really good signing and not that expensive either no it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> I, can't, I can't actually remember how much we signed him for but I don't think it was more than it was, uh, it was less than 25 mil like we got him for peanuts yeah it was nothing Absolute peanuts. I've got 19 in my head. I reckon it was somewhere around there. But I mean, even that is just crazy value. I kind of think it was a bit more than that. Was it? I could have been. Yeah. But that that is just crazy value. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy value. Crazy value. Loved it. But yeah, he absolutely changed him. Because obviously, Firmino was in such a strange situation because the fans really wanted to like him because he was a, a, a raw, talented player. But you didn't know where to, like, where to put him. Like, he wasn't a striker. He was a striker, but he wasn't a striker. Like it was, what? What do you do with that? Like he's amazing with his feet. Well, that's that, he's that's so selfless, but like he's he's not a finisher. He's not an out and out striker. What do you do with that? But Klopp knew that. Klopp knew that. He, he but he, he was like, here, look. Well, he was being played as a winger originally, and then he, he sort of played sort of behind the front three. Played as a CAM that didn't work. That didn't work. But then he tried what I thought again was something unachievable in the Premier League. He played him as a false nine. Unbelievable. I honestly didn't think <laughs> I you know. could do it. Everyone's probably thinking like, wow, these these are so biased. But no, no I'm just like, no, no, what a stroke true. of genius. No, I think, no, I think what a stroke of genius. I think that's proving lack of bias because I looked at that and said, this ain't going to work. Like I genuinely doubted. And this is talking as a footballer, not a Liverpool fan. You're a footballer. Oh. I looked at that and said, uh, well, I think. <laughs> you look you look good. You look like a footballer. <laughs> it's got the hair and everything. Thank um, you, Mark. <laughs> you're welcome, George. But no, seriously, I, 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 can't, I couldn't. I couldn't see that working. Yeah. How many title-winning teams have played with a false nine? Okay, think Barcelona. about the last. Yeah, I said title as in, but we're talking Premier League. Here. Yeah, yeah. And they all had, you know, a, a pretty lethal forward line. And I thought at the front of your forward line there was, you know, the target man. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I, it just I didn't think it was going to work. So again, hats off to Klopp. He played to strengths. Yeah. And he brought the best out of him in that position. And he's done it to other players too. I mean, he brought in a couple of other high profile um defenders. Yeah. Yeah. From two very different places. Do you want to speak to that? No, two high profile defenders, what like Dayan Lovren and uh no. <laughs> and Joel Matip. No, 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 sorry. Out wider. Yeah. yeah. Oh, out wider. Yeah. Oh, like obviously you mean you mean Trent and and Robbo. Trent and Robbo. The boys. The boys. The boys. Aren't they brilliant? Yeah. Love them. Love them. Why'd you throw your book? Oh, sorry. What? Our, our cameraman's just um, cameraman's having, having technical difficulty. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's falling asleep and he's snoring. <laughs> oh, thank you, Brian. Love that. Yeah, he gives us a thumbs up. Anytime, okay. anytime. So this is pretty obvious now. That's why I threw my ball. That's that's why he fell asleep. <sighs> Love that. Oh, um, that's all good. But yeah, carry on, carry on. No, no. So again, we can, we'll, we've got to come back to the economics. So look at the um, philosophy underlying these transfers. You know, he bought in Hoffen, uh, Hoffenheim. He bought in Firmino from Hoffenheim, a bargain. He bought in um, Allison and Van Dyke, not bargains, but um, our net spend as mm. a consequence of selling players was crazy. I think it was, was it 8.6 million or something yeah. like that. Yeah, something ridiculous. And I thought, okay, he's got a good team yeah. together here. You know, I, just coming back to the defenders, yeah. So he brought in, he promoted effectively up Trent, yep, Alexander Arnold from the academy, and cost on nothing, left, cost nothing. And then on on the left side, I remember, remember, we look again with respect to Alberto Moreno, very erratic, very inconsistent. not a defender, not not what we needed. Um, but it became an issue because then we were like, well, who's going to play the left back? There weren't that many going around at the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what exactly were we going to do there? Um, don't throw it. <laughs> so, okay, he's going to throw it. All right, go on. Yep. Okay. Good catch. In every good bookstore. Good Thank catch. You. Thank you, Philip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Um, thank what, what wow. Um, no, no, that's all G. It's all G. <laughs> First episode. I love that. Love that. Um, this only is unedited, so what you're seeing only is actually the, what happened. Only the best quality on Soconomics podcast. Um, yep, Soconomics yeah. live. You heard it here yeah. first. But yeah, there wasn't. Obviously, going back to the left back, there wasn't a lot going out there. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. But that everyone was, was crying out for a high profile left back. Yeah, but we got one, didn't we? Well, I didn't think we did. Yeah, but we did, didn't we? Okay, look. Take your Liverpool hat off. No one thought no. this was going to work. No, I wasn't. Work. No, I, like, I, I, didn't, I actually didn't know who he was. Like, I, I and that's so, like, oh, I feel so, so bad. bad. But you should have. so like, bad for saying this, but I remember we signed this guy and I said to my brother, my brother said, who is this Andy Robertson? I said, I don't know. We just signed some crank from Hull City. And I was literally shaking my head. I'm like, why couldn't we have gone out and got someone high profile? We've got a seven million pounder from Hull City. Turned out to be the best. And Seven now, million oh my pounds. God, I'd bow to his feet and tie his laces if he asked. Literally, literally, amazing, absolutely amazing. But that's that's another thing. Like, why is a good transfer? Why is a good transfer? Yeah. that that is one of them. It's a potential, and you grow into it. Yeah. That's in the same category as that is actually in the same category as Van Dyke, whether yeah. you believe it or not, because he's 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 come in and he's worth a lot more than what we bought him for. That yeah. is a class yeah. of undervalued. Yes, yes. The, the other thing that I like to highlight because a lot of people don't quite see or appreciate this is like when a player appreciates in value and we sell him at an appreciated value 
A lot of players. For example, you've got Dom Solanke, Jordan Ibe. Yeah, okay, we didn't buy him, but we sold him. Yeah. At, a, yep. at like a considerable amount more. Yes. Like, we, what was he? He came through. Actually, we signed him for £500,000 from Wiccan Wanderers. That's right, yeah. And he came with a big rap as well. Like yeah. It, it was, uh, and it was good. Fair, yeah, to be fair, it was a good player. He was um, good. We we sold we sold him for fifteen million pounds to yeah. Bournemouth. That's that's a that's a huge appreciation in terms of percentage. Yeah, yeah. That's thirty times. And credit to him, he did all right there too. Yeah. But um, it was just did he? Well, he just didn't. It just didn't work out for him. He had I a lot thought, of injuries. Well, I, to be fair, I didn't watch as many Bournemouth games as I probably should have to pass comment. Mm. But I, I think I saw enough of that you know when he did come on and do his thing. I mean, to yeah. be fair, I think uh, out of the Liverpool players that went towards. Ball yeah. with Harry Wilson probably performed the best. Yeah. Um, but and he still has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. The ones that went to, to Bournemouth. But yeah, I, you're right though. Looking at, you know, the value component. Yeah. Like costs. What is a good transfer? Costs peanuts. Costs peanuts. Dom Slunky, four million pounds. Sold him for I wanna say I wanna say like fifteen million, but I think it was more actually. Mm. I, had, I think it was nineteen million I pounds. I think I I think it was nineteen million pounds, but don't hold me to that. But like that's a huge appreciation. Yeah. That's oh, almost four times as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good transfer. That is that good is transfer. good business from FSG. Yeah. They saw growth potential. All of a sudden you've got what is it, fifteen million pounds just to come out of nowhere. Yeah, sick. I can spend that on more players. Like like Shimikas that we that we just bought. What was that? Uh like eleven million pounds? Yeah, yeah. Eleven point seven or something? Yeah. Again, peanuts, because I remember I actually said to you, I'm like, what, what is it about this guy? I'll never question a Klopp signing again. Yeah. But there's something about him. What is it? Did some Googling, and what do you know? Statistically, um, the most effective and accurate crosser of the ball in the Champions League this season. Really? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Samikas. So in the Champions League? In the Champions League, um, like, so all the games. And I think, I, I don't know about the... Because well, uh, he was obviously playing in the Greek, Greek League. Um, yeah. I don't know if that carried over into the Greek League too, but I know in terms of the um, Champions League performances, yeah, he was the best crosser. Amazing. And I thought, okay, there it is. Klopp yeah. has found something in this guy. I'm like, I've never heard of him. So, well, I've heard of him, but you know what I mean. Yeah, there's got to be something there. Yeah, that has. To, I mean, obviously, he's not going to walk into a squad like it's. No. It's obviously a backup or just some sort of competition to provide to Andy Robertson because there's been games where we've been like. We don't have a left back right now. Yeah, mind you, hats off to Nico Williams. I thought he actually did very well when he came on a couple oh, of games brilliant. towards the end. Yeah, but he actually played left back, and I thought he did really well. Yeah, that's not his position. His position is right back. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Hats off to him. I thought he did quite well. Yeah, I can't wait for like he's he's re- like he's really good. He's probably our best. He's yeah. probably our best out of our academy, to be honest. Like everyone, like, I love Curtis Jones, but like, and he and he's like going to be brilliant. But Nico Williams, no, like it's. It, and Harvey as well, and Rian. Oh, we've got so many players. There are some Harry, good, good starlets. Marco Gruich. I can't wait for Marco Gruich to play some, some games for us. There are some really good young yeah. players coming through the ranks. But, like, we, like that's, that's what I mean. Like, there's so much potential that's coming through. Like, that's the other thing as well with Jurgen, is he's not afraid to try kids. Yeah. He yeah. brings them in, he, he trusts them. That normally fails. It normally fails. Yeah, it does normally fail, but like... I mean that with respect, you know, but it's true. Like normally the kids come in and they're clearly out of their depth. He's brought these guys in Mm. and I can see straight away they they know, okay, they have to perform for this guy. Yeah, they have to. And they do. They do. They give him everything. They don't look out of place. You know, I think a few times a couple of them got bummed off the ball, but that's going to happen, you know. Uh, Honestly, though, I, I thought all three or four debutants from the academy this season. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Like I'd be happy with any of them starting. Yeah. 
And um, it's been a long time since I've said that. <laughs> Honestly. Really? Honestly, it's been a very, very long time since I've confidently said, yeah, yeah, chuck whoever in from yeah. the reserves. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's nice to see. And, and do you know why do you know why it's kind of working for us and I, I i strongly believe it's down to this it's because they tra- they they're, they're all training with the first team yep you're as good as the environment that you're in that's that's that happens in anything whether that's at work whether that's in sport yep absolutely anything like if you get thrown in the deep end you can only get better whereas if you're a little fish with lots of other little fish you're not really going to turn into a big fish are you no, that sounded like no. a really nice fairy tale. Fairy tale? No, unfortunately not. It's not it's Finding Nemo, We'll get mate. to the true fairy tale in a minute. Mm. But uh, no, the other thing is, you're right, uh, for context, so Liverpool's um, uh, junior players, reserves, and whatnot, trains normally at Kirkby, mm. and the senior players at Merwood now, they currently train together. Again, that was Jürgen's doing. He wanted mm. them to train together, at least in the same facility. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there'd be occasional crossover. Um, yeah, building the brand new facility as well. So again, he these are all those we're coming back to those one percenters yeah. that he put in place. Um, That's it. You it? can see the economics though. Here, oh, you, you can 100%. see yeah. with those transfers that you just yeah. mentioned. He saw value. He saw potential value. He saw skill. Yeah, and he's identified all these plays. Yeah. You know who he thinks he can bring into a team, and it paid dividends, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, look at last season. Yeah, so close to winning it. Won the Champions League this season. We go one step further. Yeah. Win win the league. And that's like again, if you can see, like, if you take the literal term of what economics is and making the most out of your finite resources to maximize your output, our net spend was how much? I think it was like eight point six million. Eight point six million, and yet all of a sudden we've got like the the best team in the world. I we think that have that, to be that, up is, there. that is one hundred percent making the most out of your finite resources. That is, that is, there is no other team that you can think of that does that yeah obviously teams that have like really great youth academies that can bring out that 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 all sort of stuff like obviously you're like your yeah. teams in portugal like ajax that sort of stuff and of southampton yeah but this is a whole nother level like this is 8.5 million pounds all of a sudden you're the best team in the world and you've just won the league and with convincingly record-breaking league and win the champions league as well so that is yeah that is economics isn't it that is money ball of course um money but I, I honestly thought it was impossible yeah, I thought you couldn't moneyball the Premier League. The only way Liverpool would ever win the league again, and this is speaking as a you know diehard fan, I thought we'd have to spend squillions, get yeah. bought out by some consortium that was wealthier than FSG. Don't get me wrong, I was happy with ownership, but I thought we we need people that are going to spend like crazy money. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, I did. I thought that's the only way we're ever going to win the league again. Yeah. And then this charismatic German waltzes in, <laughs> starts selling who he wants, <laughs> buying who he wants. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. There was a, clearly a synergy between management and um, and ownership. You know, you could see that because he yeah. got along with the owners. They spoke so highly of one another. Again, a stark contrast with his predecessors. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, um, I believed that they were all on the same page and they yeah. all believed this was going to happen. I think Jürgen was their man, FSG's man. They knew oh, that he could do this because he'd done it with Dortmund. They were made for each other. You remember that amazing Dortmund squad, you know. Yeah. He, he had a habit of doing exactly what, yeah, of, of doing what they want, of yeah. money balling uh, teams in yeah. good leagues, you yeah. know. And I thought Premier League never. Yeah, it just makes it makes a uh, basically makes normal players good players and makes good players world class players. That yeah, is, that is, and that's what happened. That's that his is, formula. That is, that is what he's done. He's a magician so, yeah. and brilliant. Yeah, it's just Love incredible. It. Love it. 
Anyway, I, I think that covers recruitment. The final thing is uh, obviously what FSG have done behind the scenes for Liverpool as well, because obviously yeah. that is a massive, yeah, yeah. massive thing. It's not all about what goes on on the pitch; it's what goes on off the pitch. Hell yeah! Big thing is, of course, like the the revenue of the football club and all that sort of stuff. Which yeah, yeah. I mean, what is it at the moment? So they bought Liverpool at three hundred thousand pounds. It's now estimated to be worth about two billion pounds. What was it three hundred thousand pounds? Did I say three hundred thousand? Three hundred million. Wow, three hundred thousand. What a steal! What a steal! No, nah, I mean, some of our players make that per week. Well, yeah, yeah maybe fortnight. I think Verge is on about that much, isn't he, right now? Um, but yeah, like that. So we went from three hundred. So we they they bought us for three hundred million pounds. Albeit that they bought a lot of debt as well. They did. They bought an awful, awful lot, lot of, of debt, debt, which was what was killing them. But um, it's now estimated to be worth about two billion pounds. Obviously, taking yeah, inflation has something to do with that as well. Yes. But yep. But that is a, that is a huge difference, um, considering that football teams are still valued at around three hundred, three hundred thousand, three hundred million, not three hundred thousand. Oh God, <laughs> it's too late, man. I, no, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm just happy that we're actually worth more than that. Oh yeah, we're worth we're definitely worth more than three hundred thousand pounds. I wish I was worth three hundred thousand. Um, you're priceless, George. Thank you, thank you, Mark. Once again, your kind words. Um, but yeah, obviously they did a lot of things. Yeah. So what did they what did they do to basically FSG to bring us in the right direction and make us a profitable team? Yeah, yeah. A profitable club and a business that people want to get involved in. Yeah, good question. Um, uh, yeah, the answer is very multi-pronged and multi-layered. But I know. Sorry about that. No, well, they did a lot of things. Um, again, a lot of little things. You know, like I yeah. think one of the first things they did, of course, was focus on our um our brand. You know, our yeah. brand had copped a severe battering, and not just because of lack of success. You know, we'd had miscellaneous successes. You know, yeah. we had yeah. Champions League '05, FA Cup '06. But again, they came in dribs and drabs. It was never sustained success. Yeah. And of course, everyone wanted the big one, you know, wanted the league. So they put steps in place to improve our brand, our image, make us an attractive proposition for players again. That had to be, had to be done. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, most fans weren't thinking in those terms because fans, you know, let's be honest, we want it now. We want success now. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the wait is painful. We'd waited 30 years well, at the time, you know, 20, 29 and a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, they worked on, for example, sponsorships. Bought yeah. a new sponsorship. I can't remember who, who they bring in in, in place of um, uh, Carlsberg, who was our kid sponsor for years. Am I wearing Standard it? Chartered, Standard Chartered, Standard Chartered, yeah. I wow. Looks, but. It's literally right on your right on your person. Yeah, well, I, was, um, I was trying to share the love. You yeah, know? no, that's fine. Yeah, Standard Chartered, <laughs> they've been in pretty much almost since day one, hey? Thank um, you, Standard Chartered. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. If I still listening. don't quite know what you do. Oh, that makes two of us. But thanks anyway. You sponsor the best club yeah. in the world. Um, obviously got the kit deal with. Well, it was Warrior, wasn't it? Which yeah. was bought yeah. out by New Balance. Obviously made us a unique icon. Uh, in in for for New Balance, like we were at. Yeah, we were their main football team. Um, that was worth more, wasn't it? As well, like that that was worth considerably more than our previous deal. As was oh, this consider deal. considerably more, which is amazing given where we were at. They were they they were increasing revenue tenfold like ridiculous amounts um and, and the kid sponsor as well i think standard offered uh, well, i hope i'm not misquoting here but i think carlsberg was seven million pounds per year or something I, I standard charter were about 20 which was at, really? the, at the time was one of the best kit deals you know so that's i mean massive hey that is a big jump you know that over four or five years you know yeah. that's 50 plus million yeah. pounds that that's a lot there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot 
Um, There's obviously one you got big like, chunk of debt gone. Yeah, you know? yeah, 100%. And it's, it's just passive, isn't it? It's passive income. Passive income, love that. I like that he's an economist, ladies, yeah. and, ladies and gents. Yeah. He's an economist. Love that passive income. <laughs> um, but yeah, you've got that. Uh, obviously, you got um, we had with Malaysian Airlines yep. as well. AXA, um, the kit sponsor for training kits and whatnot. Yeah. yeah so they brought in a lot Garuda. of extra sponsors. Garuda, Western Union. Ah, the kings of, of touchy transfers. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> the irony. And they're on our badge too. Oh, love that. Love Just it. kidding. No, no, they, they're great. They're all great. They're, they're um, um, uh, yeah, obviously. So that, and that obviously opened up the market as well. It, divi- it diversified the market. Yes. Well, worldwide. It, yes. It, it helped us appeal, I guess, to more yeah. people. Uh, America's yeah. the big one. Obviously, own, we're owned by Americans. Yeah. Why not appeal to Americans? That's pretty much what they did as well, hey? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, you know, since I think the World Cup in 94, I, uh, football has gone absolutely bananas in um, in the US. You know, their crowds are astonishing. Their average crowd figures yeah. big clubs, 50,000, 60,000. I think Atlanta United is like one of the highest like uh, attended ga- uh, like stadiums like in the world. Really? Yeah. I think they're in like the top five. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mad. In the US, well, you know, I, I, I think it's top five or maybe top ten, but like they're consistently high, and they're they're only a young club. They're only like three or four years old, probably not even. It's madness. That's brilliant. I love it. But see, there you, massive you, market. You have a market. massive market. That's right. You got a market who's massive. who's thirsty for entertainment. You know, Americans like Australians love their sport, so no surprises. They decided to try and diversify and tack into the. Um, the US market. Yeah. And so what did we do? We, we went and played a couple of, uh, we had a preseason tour there. Yeah. Obviously played at Fenway Park, um, the Fenway. home of the Boston Red Sox and FSG, of course, which... <sighs> One of the cathedrals of sport. 100%. And a massive success, of course. And it, yep. it showed that the connection between, obviously, Boston Red Sox and Liverpool, a lot of people probably don't even know that they're linked. But, of course, with our owners being the same owners it, it meant a lot to the people in boston meant a lot to the owners and they showed sure. it they showed it and that i think the american like uh, i say the americans like it's just one one thing but a lot of americans are bought into it like yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. For, for example this is in in terms of investments but lebron james getting involved at liverpool yep. um an already shareholder yeah shareholder major shareholder uh, i think he got in like 2011 and yeah, like he, you just saw him doing things like when we just released our new kit, he was yes, wearing the new yes, kit. Yes, he was on the way to a game. On the you. way to a game. What a marketing <laughs> that he was ploy. playing in. What a marketing <laughs> ploy. That's like, that again, that is absolute stonks right there. Like you, you have owned shares in Liverpool and you are one of the most influential people in sport. I'm just going to wear a Liverpool shirt. Like that's, I love that. Like the, it, the, the amount of people that re- like, I know people that, uh, like in 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 basketball, it's not really about what team you support; it's what player you support. So yes, the amount of people who worship right. LeBron James, yep. they see they support Liverpool; they're going to support Liverpool. No, you're right. You're right. Oh my god! Yeah, no brainer. Um, you're absolutely right. It is no, the no the brainer NBA mentality, isn't it? To follow the the player, not the team. Generally, yeah, generally. Um, I mean, I'm a Chicago fan, but you know, I do Yuck. love LBJ. What do you mean? It's like the, when I was a kid, I went for all the red teams. Okay, so can you understand Chicago? Rotherham United. No, um, but you know it's kind of similar actually because you know yeah. not to cross sports quickly, but you know Chicago they had their lean period like Liverpool and it was painful to be a Chicago fan yeah. for a while. Yeah. You know, it kind yeah. of still is at the moment, but mm. there's glimpses. There's glimpses. Um, 
That's always that's always a way back. Couple of you know young promising up and comers, but see with basketball yeah. it's funny, it's different. You can put one player in a basketball team and, and change their fortunes great. completely. You cannot do that with that's football. Mad. You can't. So it's easier, I think, to moneyball other sports, and that's yeah. kind of where we were heading with that before. 100%. Yeah. But, um, but look, FSG they did a lot of other things too. What else? They brought in a couple of other ideas and they increased the capacity of the stadium. Yeah. Huge. Big big thing. Obviously that that only not only like obviously makes us have a bigger capacity stadium so that we have like pissing contest sort of thing. But yeah. um brings in more revenue every single year, allows more people to go and watch the games. Yep. It's it's just a good thing for the club. Like it, it shows the to the to the supporters and to the shareholders that they are willing to invest into the club even yeah, yeah. more, that they are still caring about not just the results on the pitch but everything else in it as well. And it's 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 good to see them thinking long term. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you want absolutely. to see. Absolutely. There's there's rumours now they're thinking of expanding it further. Anfield. But remember yeah. when Hicks and Gillette were in charge, they promised a spade in the ground within so many months. Yeah. Brand new stadium, you know, blah blah blah. Then there was talk of no, actually we're just gonna sell out sell out the naming rights to Anfield. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That, oh, that is sacrilegious. They would have been crucified. Oh, it would never... But that you can imagine the uproar, the utter uproar. It would never, ever have happened. It would happen. that was an example, again, of a little thing that, mm. that pissed people off, the supporters. So what FSG did was honour that heritage and ask the fans, what do you prefer? Yeah. Do you want to stay where we are? We'll fix it up. Or do you want to go elsewhere? And of course, it was overwhelming. We're staying yeah. put. You know, it's our spiritual home. It always will be. We'll, you know, we were born there. We'll die there. Um, so... Yeah. They've they've done their part. I mean, you've seen it. It looks beautiful. Yeah. They've respected oh, it's beautiful. They've respected the it. heritage. They, they used the original brick. Yeah. They used all the original, um, uh, you know, like designs and, yeah. and, and principles of the construction. And it's just yeah, it's not it's not oh, on the cheap. Yeah, it's no. like we're doing it for the fans. Yeah, we're doing it for the shareholders, I guess. But again, what's that saying to the people? What's the, that's management saying directly to the people? We're with you. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's you what you. Is. That's what you want to see in a club. Yeah. It, it, if it, I think overall, what you can say from this this whole thing, obviously, they, they everything seems to be pointing in the right direction. Whether yeah. that's in terms Absolutely. of a business sense or yeah. results base, or from a fan's perspective as yeah. well, feel, feeling appreciated. Everything seems to be going in the right place, which is it. It 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 almost doesn't seem real, like how mm. much we've changed in the past ten years. But what you can see is that there's clearly a plan and they're clearly thinking long-term. Surely that that says to a lot of people, a lot of owners uh, and a lot of football clubs that you, in, in, in order to be successful, you need a patience, you need a plan that works that's not short-term, but long-term. And just just actually care. Just actually care about like who, who you're doing it for and actually have yep. the right motives because you can't go, you can't own a football club where your revenue is made up of People, your supporters, like these aren't these aren't shareholders who are investing because they want to make quick buck. These are people no, like it's more right. than that. They, it's you. I people identify with that club, so you can't. Like, that's they, right. You've got yeah. to. You so you you've just got to. It's like your job. Like you just got to do it. Like, um, I, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm rambling on here about, but <laughs> but you know you know what I'm saying like it's a, it's a whole different thing. It brings out a new perspective of what an owner should do. Yes. It's, no, it's I, not, I get you. Yeah. yeah. The, this whole idea of oh, uh, it, it, a club needs to be profitable. No, it doesn't need to be profitable. It needs to be run in a, in a right way where it respects the fans and it yep. goes in the direction that it, that it's, that they promised to go. All right. 
like you, you shouldn't be running a foot like you shouldn't be buying a football club and you wouldn't you wouldn't buy a football club if you say i don't want to win anything yeah unless you're wigan sorry unless you oh, I'm no, so, I, I feel so bad no so do i actually really like the laddicks you know little little club battling um you know extreme yeah. odds um but, so but I, we're gonna, know, I do sympathize with our friends in wigan yeah but we will we will t- talk about that in another podcast i'm, yeah, I'm sure because yeah, yeah, sure. that, that's such an interesting story like a sad story it should not be happening in football like it's but it comes back sad. to what you're talking about you need the right people to own football clubs these are corporate yes sport has commercialized yes yeah. football clubs like liverpool like all these others in the premier league and elsewhere yeah. are corporations that is true but they do not we were talking about this earlier run like a traditional corporation okay because yeah. um in a business you know your uh, your your board your ceo they're the most important people you know um with these businesses yeah corporations it's your stakeholders yeah um, you know, any, I guess. Wait, in any good business, you keep the shareholders happy. That's what you got to do. Absolutely. And in football, yeah, you do have shareholders, but your fans are your shareholders. Yeah, you got to keep right. them happy. But we were saying before, like I, I like um, Apple phones, but I don't particularly care if my next one's an Apple or not. I, yeah. I do like the product. I'm not obsessed with the company. I'm not in love with the company. Yeah. I adore this club yeah. with all my heart. Yeah, you know, I pay crazy amounts in. Yeah. memberships and buying things and you know and you live like, in Australia I live in Australia you know I flew all the way there last year to watch them. I loved it you know but I'd do it all again yeah that's the difference okay that is yeah. that is loyalty unbridled and it's completely different um, yeah. so owners need to respect that you know yeah. you're not just buying another asset no. that will appreciate in value if you do things no, right it'll appreciate it if you do the right things yeah no you're uh, buying a culture yeah, You're buying a, a community, and that—that's yeah, completely agree with you. Um, completely. Yeah. Love so it. if you're gonna moneyball it, you gotta be careful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. You gotta be <laughs> careful. It's like again, it's not about the cheap. It's about taking advantage of the opportunities that are there and seeking what's undervalued, and don't stop it there. Try and make it better. That's yep. it. Like put the right things in place to right make money but work like yeah. Oakland A's did, and like yeah. Liverpool Football Club has done. So FSG, hats off because. Hats off them. They've, they've done. done they, they've completed it, mate. They've <laughs> com- completed it. <laughs> I said it was impossible. No. I said it was impossible. No, they've done it. They've done it. But hey, hey, that was. I, I think. I think that pretty much, pretty much, like finishes everything, doesn't it? Yeah, we've said enough. I think that's. I think we've waffled on enough. Like, if <laughs> if you're still watching this, I mean, like, that's hats off to you. I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, Mark, thank you so much for uh, for coming on here and talking to me today. Oh, shucks, you're making me blush, George. Thank that's you. All right. That's all right. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure on the on the very first Soconomics podcast. Um, only up from here, right? Only up from here, <laughs> unless you're a Liverpool <laughs> fan, where hopefully you stay there for a while. Um, uh, but yeah, only Sky to quote the Beatles was the Beatles, right? It was John Lennon. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you so much for watching, guys. And um, yeah, look, I'll catch you on the next episode of Soconomics Podcast. Thank you. Thanks, guys.